Hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be back. We took a few weeks off for a little while in the summer. I was releasing a sh- two shows a week because we recorded so much content. And then I took a few weeks off, but there has a, been a lot transpiring in our lives personally, as well as in business and in ministry. And so it's been a lot in this season, but so many good things are taking place. So many God things are happening right now. And I've been in the scriptures spending time with the Lord, fasting, praying, and there's been so much in my heart that I want to share with you guys. And uh, I'm excited for the days ahead. Obviously, we have great interviews with amazing people from around the world, but I'm really excited as well about the teaching shows that I'm going to be releasing. I'm going to try to keep them short. I want to just take a scripture and then just give it to you guys and impart revelation in bite-sized form. You know, a lot of the times I try to do a 10 or 15 minute episode, it turns into 20 or 30 minutes, and that's okay because I'm just going to I'm just going to release as it comes out. But I am excited to talk to you and teach and share and preach what the Lord has been speaking to me in private. And I want to bring it to you guys. Um, and so I'm going to be reading out of Revelation chapter 5. And I'm going to pick some verses here, which are verse 9 through verse 10. So it's 9 and 10. And the central theme of what God has been speaking to me is about him raising up priests and kings in this hour. Priests regarding intimacy, worship, tending to his heart, having his presence be the central theme of all things, being a lover of his presence, intimate followers of Jesus, and then also being kings in the earth, taking on our identity of righteousness, taking on that original mandate given to Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, to take dominion. And so we need to have both. We can't just be kings and walk in authority in the world and release the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. We need to do that from a place of being a priest. And God is highlighting the priesthood in this hour. And it's not the, you know, I we could learn so much from the Levitical priesthood, but we are of the priesthood of Jesus. He is our high priest. And Jesus was a priest in the order of, of Melchizedek. He was, I said was, he is still to this day on the throne, the God man, a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so I'll get to that in later episodes, which is very fascinating. It's so glorious, but the Lord is highlighting in this time, in this hour, the priesthood. He is raising up a priesthood. And there's so many movements that focus right now in the body of Christ, in the church worldwide, There are many movements focusing on intimacy, on worship, not just receiving from God, but ministering to his heart. And that is the heart of the priesthood. And so we need to have that. All fruitfulness flows from intimacy. Like I've said time and time again on this podcast, I coined, um, Heidi Baker coined that term, I believe. And I, you know, she's passed it down. And I believe that so strongly that all fruitfulness in our lives stems and grows from a place of intimacy with God. And so we need to be priests, but we can't just sit in the house of prayer all day. There will be seasons for that. 
We will always visit the house of prayer. We will always have, have, we will have seasons of being tucked away and to be hidden and to just receive from him and to be wrecked by him and to be formed by him. And there's seasons that look more like intimacy than kingship going out and doing the works of the kingdom on, you know, right here and now. But eventually it must turn into kingship. We must be equipped. We must be empowered to flow in the gifts of the spirit, to walk in our office, whatever it may be, whether it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whether it's being an apostle in the business world, whether it's being a prophetic voice in the business world, whether it be to do it in media, to do it through the arts or whatever it may be, we must eventually step into that king anointing. And I'm, this is not just for men, okay? <laughs> you know, this, that, 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 because Adam and Eve were both meant to be fruitful, both meant to multiply, and both meant to take dominion in the world to extend the boundaries of the Garden of Eden to the entire world. So, just laying a foundation, laying some framework there, because kings and priests have been highlighted, especially the priesthood, because it starts there, it begins there. And so I'm going to read Revelation chapter 5. Honestly, it's one of the first scriptures the Lord really highlighted to me to begin this revelation that I've been digging into regarding the priesthood. And I've always believed, if you get my book, Immersed in His Glory, A Supernatural Guide to Experiencing and Abiding in the Presence of God, if you get that book, it's all about the priesthood, even though I hardly use the word priest. It's about intimacy with God. It's about being a lover of Jesus, about being the bride of Christ. He is our bridegroom and the revelation of his affection all of that, but it's also that in and of itself is a priestly revelation and manifestation as well. And so it all starts there. I've been hammering this revelation on Awakened Podcast for years. Um, and in our ministry, my wife and I, this is a core of our heart and the core of our ministry. And so, but there is something special to receive by viewing ourselves as priests and carrying that as an identity because it is our identity. And so it's important to see ourselves as a son or daughter, as the bride of Christ, as the church of Christ, as warriors in the army of Christ, as priests, as kings that are co-heirs with Jesus. And so there's many different facets of who we are in our identity, and we need to drink and understand and receive from all these different revelations. We need to see it and walk in it. And so I'm going to read Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And it goes like this, worthy are you, capital Y, talking about Jesus, worthy are you to take the scroll and to break its seals for you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have made them into a kingdom, kings, and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. This is what the elders, the 24 elders and the four living creatures were declaring at the feet of Jesus Christ in the throne room of heaven. They were declaring, worthy are you to take the scroll, to break its seals, for you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You made them people, his children, to be a kingdom and to be priests so that they may reign upon the earth. Wow. I'm just going to break this down. I'm going to impart this into your spirit right now. So just open up your heart, open up your spirit. I'm just going to impart this to you today, and I'm going to leave it with you to ponder it, to dive into Revelation chapter 5, because there's so much going on 
in chapter five. But I'm going to leave this with you so you could ponder it, so you could delve into it, so you could dig deeper and mine this area, okay? And allow this to be a foundation for you in our study on the priesthood and being kings. Worthy are you. He is the center of everything. The man on the throne, the God man. He is forever God and man. He put on human flesh and he did what we could not do and he died the debt that we deserved and he was the firstborn among many brethren. He was the first fruits of the dead, the Bible says. He's the first of what we will become and we will not become God. There is only one God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. But we are co-rulers with him. We are co-heirs with him and we are his fruit. We are his seed. And now we are people. We are, I'm a man. You might be listening. You are a woman, but you are now filled with the Holy Spirit. You are the fruit of Jesus's resurrection. And so he didn't only just rise from the dead, but he ascended to sit at the right hand of the father. And it says in Ephesians that we are now co-seated with Christ in the heavenly places. So we rule and we reign from that place. I recently had a, a vision. I was uh, actually going through a sozo and it was an inner healing session. I believe in that. We need to do that from time to time. All right. And I believe also in our personal lives, the Lord does a sozo to us all the time or healing, wholeness, deliverance. He's doing that all the time to our hearts. He must be. Um, and so, but I was going through a session and I had a vision of Jesus was inviting me to sit on the throne. And as I said, yes, and I went to sit on the throne, I realized that the throne was on top of the highest mountain in the world. And I was looking down, down, way down. I saw like stairs that even go down, kind of like in China, that wall where it's got the stairs that go all the way down. And then I saw the earth and its great expanse. And then I, I felt a hand on my hand and it was the father sitting next to me on his throne, putting his hand on my hand, saying, you are my son, you are my co-ruler, and you must live from heavenly places. You must live from up here. You must live from heavenly places. Look down upon the earth. That's the mission field. Go, but live from this place next to me, co-seated with me in Christ. And so we must, as a people, and I'm seeing it rise up in the world, ministries that are solely focused on Jesus Christ, the worth of the Lamb of God that was slain, that he is our everything, that he is better than anything this world has to offer, that our hearts are literally undone by him and we desire him more than anything. We worship him. He's the center of everything, that the church would be surrounded, will be surrounding the throne and saying, you are the only one worthy to break the seals. You are the only one worthy. Nothing is better. No one is better. Nothing is greater that all of our churches surround the throne and glorify Jesus, the only one worthy. We must have a Jesus movement. We must be a Jesus people. Fascinated, undone, obsessed with him because he is that pure. He is that holy. He is that glorious. He is that wonderful. He is that enthralling. That when you taste and see that he is good, nothing else tastes the same. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will do. And if you keep going, it says you were slaughtered, Jesus. 
You were slaughtered. That is an intense verbiage. He was slaughtered. It wasn't pretty. He was slaughtered and he purchased people for God. He bought us with a high price, his sacred blood. And so we need to be worshiping Jesus. He needs to be in the center of all things in the church, in the body of Christ. We need to understand his worth and that he is better than all things. He is greater than all things. His person is what we were born for and we were meant to walk with him. But not only that, we need to be a church and a body that declares his finished work, that he was slaughtered, that he was murdered, that he was killed to purchase us our soul. He bought us back from sin, death, and the grave from Satan. He bought us. He took us out of the domain of darkness and he brought us into the kingdom of light and the beloved son. We were purchased at a high price. That means he sees our value. He sees our worth. Not only does he have immeasurable worth, but he declared our worth by dying for us because you do not buy something and get ripped off. If I want a dishwasher, or a dryer, or if I want a portrait, let's say, let's put it that way. If I want a beautiful portrait to put in my living room, I'm not going to overpay and I shouldn't underpay. And so when Jesus bought you with his blood, he did not overpay or underpay. God sees your worth as the worth of his son. And Jesus is the most glorious. He is the perfect man. That is God as well. But he declared our worth in dying for us. He said, you are worth my sacred blood. And you might not feel worthy right now. You might not feel precious right now. You might feel like, why would he waste his life on me? He does not see it as a waste. He wants a table in heaven at the wedding of the lamb, surrounded with his beloved people that were once in sin, that were once far off, that were once broken, that were once evil, that were once blind. But now they see, but now they're alive, but now they're free, but now they're pure. And so not only does the church need to understand his worth, that is everything. That's the, that's the starting point, And that's the central theme that everything revolves around Jesus Christ, his finished work, what he accomplished and what he accomplished for us was purchasing us. And that reveals our worth to him, the worth of the church worldwide as a body, as a gathering of saints called out, the ecclesia called out from the world unto Jesus, but also individually our worth. Because if there was only one person in the entire world, he would have came and died the same. Yes. He purchased people for God with his blood. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus. We need to go back to preaching the blood that cleanses that makes us right with God, that purifies not only our life and washes away our record of wrongs, because it does that for sure, but also purifies our conscience and purifies the intentions of our heart and does a deep cleansing work in our soul. Man, we need that blood of Jesus. I could just sit there forever. Wow. There's so much revealed in this this two verses of revelation where God is bringing his church back to the purity of the worth of Jesus, of his finished work, of our worth in him because he purchased us with his blood, that we need a cleansing by the blood, not just our record of wrongs, which is reality and glorious and necessary, but also our consciences, a pure, a purity back to the church for he's coming for a spotless bride. And it's his blood 
that watches washes us and makes us spotless. We are spotless based on our identity. He washed us. There was a forgiveness. There was a release of wrongs. Our, our sin account has been removed, but there's also a cleansing of our conscience, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, by the blood of Jesus. And when we sin, it violates our conscience. When we live in sin, it sears our conscience. And so the blood... <laughs> The blood of Jesus removes a guilty conscience from living in sin, but also eradicates the very power of sin in our lives. Wow. Now I'm going to go into verse 10. And he has made us to be a kingdom and priest, not a kingdom of priests only, but a kingdom. Some versions say he has made us to be kings and priests unto our God. I'm going to stop there for a minute. God is raising up a movement right now of priests and kings, lovers and laborers, sons and servants, worshipers and warriors. It's twofold. I had a vision that I've shared so many times in this podcast, so I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but the vision was of a army of lovers rising up out of the throne room, out of the presence of God, marching out in battle array into the world, into the mission field. Our job is not done, saints. Our job is not done. Oh, and I skipped a verse here. Ah, I'm so sorry, but it says, with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and nation, that's Our job's not done. This is speaking about missions. He purchased with his blood people from every nation, tribe, language, and tongue. The whole world was purchased by Jesus, and now we must preach the good news. How are they going to believe if they do not hear? And how are they going to hear if someone doesn't go, if someone doesn't preach the gospel to them? And so this is also a missional movement. We cannot just be priests and sing of his worth and love him. That is amazing and that's where it begins and that is the center of our lives. Our life revolves around that. We will always do that. We'll be empowered by that. Even when we go out and preach the gospel, we still must do that, carry his presence and live from our priestly identity, but it must manifest in doing and going, whether it be downtown Dallas, I live in Dallas, right down the road, whether it be your hometown, whether it be the nations of the world, California, Oklahoma, Brazil, you know, Africa, wherever it may be, what is your mission field? Where are your people? Who are you preaching to? This is a missional movement. It is a missional movement. And we need to ask the Lord to break our hearts for what breaks his, to give us compassion like we've never had compassion, to give us his eyes so that we can see the homeless man, the, the, the abandoned children of the world, those who are hungry and poor, those who are, you know, trapped in other religions that where they're blind and where they're, they're deceived. And we need to break for these people. You will, you will hear an episode that I recorded with James Gall, Prophet James Gall, and we speak a little bit about this. We need the heart of God. Revival has to start with us. He needs to do a work in us for revival to be released in the world. Man, he was whipped and he was beaten for Thailand, for your mother and father, for your sister and brother, for your church, for those people in your church that hurt you. He was whipped and he was broken for them. For America, for our leaders, for the president. He was whipped and broken for them. We need to pray for them. 
those that we demonize, those that we push out. We need to be Jesus and his love to them. That's how the world will know that we are disciples of Christ if we love those around us, if we love the brethren, and also if we are ministers of love in the world. So he has made us to be priests, those who minister to his heart, those who, um, those who live their lives love drunk, obsessed with him, in that place of intimacy with God, this eternal life, to know him. I've laid everything aside for this one beautiful thing of knowing Jesus intimately and personally. People who are possessed with his presence, people that want his presence more than anything, but not just those who want to receive, 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 but those who tend to his heart, minister to him, bless him, give him worship, give him praise, give him glory, give him honor for who he is. We are priests, people of his presence, lovers, of Jesus. And we are a kingdom that will have a dominion in the world. We are a church, the ecclesia, those who are called out of the world into the kingdom of heaven to gather, to assemble, and to go out. And so when you are a priest and you get that right and you focus on that and you drink of his well and you lay at his feet, and you become a lover of him and every other lover gets thrown down, man, you can't help but be a king because he puts his heart on the inside of you for the lost and the broken. He begins to speak to you about destiny and where you're to go and what you're to do, who you're going to pray for. You're going to go on outreaches. You're going to minister to this person. You're going to touch this person. You're going to prophesy to that person. Man, we become kings from that place. As priests, we have authority in the spirit realm, and as kings, we have authority in the earth realm. That is how it works, and that is how it is meant to be, and they will reign upon the earth, verse 10. We're getting back to that place of reigning. We're not going to hide anymore, people of God. We're not going to hide anymore, church, and just hope for the return of Christ. No, the Bible says that we can provoke the coming of the Lord. I think it's in first or second Peter. I'm sorry, I don't have the chapter and verse, but we could provoke or we could haste the, the coming of the Lord by our righteous living, by sharing the gospel. He wants everybody in the world to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. And so when us going out, preaching the gospel, doing the works of the kingdom, being kings and priests in the world, by doing that, we are provoking or we are bringing closer the return of Jesus Christ. So we're not going to hide And we're not going to just pray that he comes back and saves us from the big bad wolf, the enemy, Satan. No, we are going to go out in kingdom authority because Satan is under our feet. We tread upon snakes, tread upon scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm us. Luke chapter 10. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, you are a priest. You don't need to sit in a prayer room all day long to be a priest. He has your heart and you have direct access to him 24-7. And he wants to dine with you and he wants to walk with you and he wants to speak to you through his word and he wants you to be fasting and praying and spending time with him so you can be sensitive to his voice and he wants your life to be to be to revolve around his worth and to minister to him and then he ministers to you as a direct result and you become undone wrecked ravished by his goodness and his love. And then from that place, you will receive a mandate. You will get an assignment. You will be equipped in your gifts. And the Lord will give you a spiritual father and mother. And the Lord will get you involved in a church. And the Lord will plug you in. You'll get discipled. You'll get equipped. And you will go out at the right time, in the right way, in Jesus' name, to be kings in the world, to have dominion and to reign on the earth. Because that 
is what God has called us to, to be lovers that labor, to be rulers that are priests. And so I'm going to keep hammering this revelation of priests and kings. Um, And so this is just the first scripture that God gave me in these past three, four months. Um, And there's an unfolding revelation that's coming. And so keep tuning in. Um, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be challenged, they can be awakened. Awakened. Awake, awake, go sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. They could be awakened by the gospel of Jesus. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.